Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Hexgrid Heroes Starfinder campaign. My name is Don, I will be your GM, and this is a special episode where the entire cast has finally gotten together to record as one. Previously we recorded solo episodes introducing each of the characters and giving you a feel for who they are. Now they've arrived in Absalom Station. The night we recorded this was during a powerful heat wave that most of the United States was under, so I had to turn on a ceiling fan. We would have just died. It was going to be miserable in there. And I had thought that I had enough editing acumen to be able to uh, get rid of any of the sound. However, I have some learning to do, apparently. The episode is still perfectly listenable. It's a good episode. Uh, nice character interactions. However, there is a slight clicking every now and then of my ceiling fan bouncing around above us. Uh, it's going to be like this for this episode and the next, but after that, I promise it'll be smooth sailing. Just wanted to give that brief disclaimer at the top before we jumped in. I am very excited to finally be able to present to you my Starfinder campaign. Once there was a world called Galarian, a planet filled with millions of peoples, countless cultures, and pantheons of deities, both mighty and cruel. And on that world was an organization of truth finders, adventurers, of heroes. These noble souls of the past set out blazing trails around the world in search of knowledge and peace, and more than a little bit of glory. But that was then. What vague scraps of history have been cobbled together from the pre-gap days is all that remains of the legacy of the Pathfinders. In an effort to honor that legacy and to gain knowledge of the phenomenon that is the gap, for over 300 years, a new group has banded together in that search. That group is called the Starfinder Society. With the ability to traverse the cosmos, a gift from the new gods, and armed with powers that at times blur the lines between magic and technology, the planets of the packed world system over have submitted some of their best and brightest to this budding organization of would-be heroes. And in those three centuries, nuggets of lost knowledge have been uncovered, of course. But more than that, a body exemplifying the merits of exploration through cooperation solidified a fractured star system. So as you all know, in your prologue episodes, you all rolled a d6 to determine how long you were traveling in the drift plane on the way to Absalom Station to join the Starfinder Society. You all rolled a 6. So the events of your individual prologues all happened basically simultaneously. So after six days of travel within the drift, three ships flare into the material plane in full view of Absalom Station. Past the clouds of other ships and shuttles of all sizes, it looks like a massive, slow-spinning top, floating in space comprised of giant daggers jutting out from the core. On top of that core, a massive bubble, and within you can just make out the sprawling cityscape that makes up the eye of Absalom Station. Buildings within are surrounded by the vibrance of several colors marking the expansive parks and forests within, a sharp contrast to the bleakness of the void just past the transparent casing protecting citizens from the vacuum. Ships are quickly hailed by the Absalom traffic control and are unceremoniously cleared for landing as soon as pilots indicate their intended destination. A chirp from consoles, green lights shine, and you are all guided by navigation to one of the dagger-like protrusions of the station, which are called the arms. All around the station, these arms contain dozens of spaceports accommodating the rest of the structure. The primary role of the ATC is to direct landing vessels to the most logical spot along the circumference of Absalom Station. 
indicating that you all intend to join the Starfinder Society, it made no sense to have you all dock in the area surrounding the Click Clack Club, or even though it was less traffic, the area of the arms next to Little Akaton is about far away from the headquarters of the Starfinder Society as it gets. By this time, tractor beams have engaged your vehicles and you are all guided automatically for perfect landings. And as you depart from each of your ships, I'd like each of you to go and uh, give me a little thought of where you are right now. Ayu, you have just landed. Uh, it landed itself. Describe what your character is, what, it, what he looks like, and what are you feeling right now? Ayu is a middle-aged man. He has long to middle length, uh, loose flowing, uh, gray, silverish hair. He's a human. He wears like a, a, a trench coat type thing with like business casual attire, a uh, little tie. Um, he wears gloves, just regular boots. Um, looks very inconspicuous. He looks just like a, your everyday middle-aged man. Um, he's he's uh, he's in he's in good condition for his age, but also he looks a little scrawny at the same time and he he's kind of indifferent right now about everything um from his backstory he's just looking for a place to kind of hide out fit in so he's just kind of going with emotions right now okay roshan roshan has not like long hair but what you consider like unkempt long hair like definitely over the years a little bit you know not like to shoulder length or anything like that uh, unkempt hasn't shaved the entire trip so he's definitely starting to grow a little bit of a little bit of a beard just a tiny bit um, yeah he's a human and uh, I'd say probably going with inconspicuous like clothing I, I don't, something that would fit in. I, I don't know. What, what would you consider? You were, uh, you weren't a rich man. You were kind of a rough and tumble bounty hunter. Yeah. But I, I figure he's not like he's not like dressed in anything that would stand out. He's definitely also trying to just kind of fit in. And uh, you are a Salarian. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that the moat's kind of just hidden for the time being. Okay. Just, 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 oh, hidden. Okay, so. Yeah, just for now, actually. Okay. Well, no, actually, yeah, no, I'll just say it's the ball of light, you know, just. Describe the light, then? Uh, is it, is it, when it's in the light form, is it the same color? Mm -hmm. So it's like a, kind of like a, a, a storm, storm light color, kind of like a, a blue electricity, almost, just in a ball that just kind of hovers around. Good. Is that really? Yeah, no, it's good. Cool. No, and uh, to your point about uh, a beard, uh, you spent six days in your ship, but a, a, a standard personal hygiene kit you could have shaved if you had wanted. And to add on to that real fast, because yeah. this is like the perfect time I can squeeze this in, because I forgot to do this for my character mm -hmm. uh, introduction. Ayu mm -hmm. uh, is always rocking like a five o'clock shadow, like stubble kind okay. of thing, and it's also gray, grayish yeah. color. Yeah, Roshan doesn't care too much about appearance. Appearance occasionally he'll take the time to. You know, buzz it short or shave, but he doesn't do it daily for sure. Okay. Gaia. Um, for some reason I keep forgetting to write it down. How old did we say my character was? 151, I think. 
you don't look a day over 120. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, my name's Gaia. Um, I'm a drow, uh, which is, uh, in a sense, kind of like a dark elf. Uh, I'm about five foot eleven, uh, long white hair. Sometimes I put it up. Sometimes I'll leave it out. Um, I weigh about 140, uh, 47 pounds, so I'm fairly fit for my age at 151. Uh, being a dark elf, I would be uh, kind of a darker shade, more like a, I guess, a bluish purple. Mm -hmm. um, what else did she want? <laughs> um, tell me about your armor, what you look like. Um, my armor is almost chameleon-like. It kind of blends in to my surroundings, making it easier for me to kind of blend in to my surroundings during battle. Um, I've been traveling with my companion, um, and we've been together for six years. Six years that we've been traveling together. Um, uh, how are you feeling after this six-day voyage with your companion on a cramped uh, starship, very cramped starship, uh, <laughs> and now landing on this space station? Um, first, I think uh, when we step out of there, I would feel almost overwhelmed because there's an awful lot of people here. There's a lot of commotion going on. Um, We've traveled for six years together in cramped ships and cramped spaces of living together, so it's um, the traveling wasn't that big of a deal being in the ship. However, it is also nice to stretch our legs since I am fairly tall and sitting in a tight space is not the easiest. Um, but there's a lot of commotion going on, so I'm kind of feeling overwhelmed by everything and just trying to take it all in. Good. Uh, speaking of your companion, Oren. Uh, I am a Drachnor. That's your name. Crap, that's right. That is my name. Dragonborn. Shit. Nope. No. No. That's D&D. That's D&D. Starts with a V. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. You're Try good. Right. Besk. Besk. God. It's been a while. Sorry. Uh, I'm a semi-retired Besk soldier. <laughs> Um, 42, so literally spent my whole life in battle, so I'm not, I'm fit, mm -hmm. but there's some scars and battle, battle-born. Uh, one of my, uh, would you be able to tell that the eye's mechanic? That's up to you. No, I was going to uh, describe your, uh, your, your scales color scheme and all that. You know what a vest looks like, just yeah. your flavor. Um, or kind of a dark red, black tipped okay. uh, scales. Um, just very worn, beaten up. I'm also wearing beaten up armor. Uh, some gunshot holes in it. Or sure, yes. Holes in it. I mean, it's just years of wear and tear. Function over fashion? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, it allows me to move, so um, I stand about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, 350. 
I guess. Just refitting. Okay. Uh, how are you feeling after this six-day journey? Uh, stepping out and just kind of seeing everybody a little agitated of some of the species that is on Epsilon Station. Um, didn't realize there was going to be so many humans. Yep. So a little perturbed, but going to deal. Kind of wondering if we made the right uh, made the right choice of coming up here, okay. but it's better than running. Okay. Uh, does anyone have any other? Right. Yeah, I did forget to mention that I do have um, I have a scar in my head. Oh yes. And I do have some tattoo markings that are kind of blend into my my own complexion. They're they're just a little bit lighter so that you can see they're there, but they don't stand out. Okay. Uh, any of you other ones? Anything pop up with the other Roshan or Ayu? Do you want to say anything else before we continue? I think I I did a good job explaining. Yeah, you did. Right? No, I just yeah, Am I, I just didn't know. Anything that nope. you could think of? Nope. Uh, you are a technomancer, Ayu. You are a class technomancer. Uh, Roshan, you are a Solarian, hence the moat. Gaia. I forgot the thing. You are no, stuff. you're fine. A Xenodruid mystic. I, I can't really read his writing. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought I, I, I was looking over it again before you all showed up. I'm like, that looks legible. She's a dark elf, right? Yeah. Okay. I wrote down the X. So uh, and Oren, you are a soldier. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to, I know you said it, but I want to clarify. So, as you disembark, the sound of a bustling but tidy dock area greets you. Beings of all races go about their tasks. Without being told, members of the maintenance services start plugging supply lines in and out of each of your starfighters. Dock workers in simple jumpsuits inspect vehicles as they empty, and you are all in a cordoned off area on the way out to the station proper. A voice breaks through the din. Everybody interested in joining the Starfinder Society, please make your way through to the blue gate behind me. Returning members, you know the green gate is for you. Why are you holding up my port? Go directly to your factions immediately. Those mission reports aren't going to write themselves. And you have you, to write mission reports here? Yes, you will be writing mission <laughs> reports. Yes, uh, accounting in space. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off, no, no, but that's good. something no, that... That was good. No, that was... No, <laughs> I like that. Any role play like that? Yes. Good. Okay. That's good. Um, I just need to look up and... So, and as you make your way through the blue gate, you see the owner of the voice. A tall, lanky for a dwarf, a bristly iron-gray beard, deep-set eyes, and bushy eyebrows. He wears a typical dock worker's patched and stained jumpsuit with a Starfinder Society badge on his chest. Fresh meat for the society, making their way on the station for the first time. How cute. Look at those wide eyes. Take it in, initiates, and never lose that sense of wonder. I want all of you to give me a perception check. You're 20, right? Yep. <laughs> so you still a while later. 15. Okay. Plus. Oh, chip. Actually, I'm going to go around so we're not... Actually, from here forth, when I call for a roll, I'm just going to go clockwise for me. 21 for IU. Okay. What is, what do we add to it? What's Your perception. It's been a you, little bit, I don't bit, think you so have anything at all, or an action. I don't think so, because yeah, I shoot. Yeah, over here. Okay. So it's it should be, it's right under with uh, mysticism. Alphabetical. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. So 15. Okay, go ahead. Um, 
11 plus 7, so 18. Okay. And Roshan. Uh, 22. Okay. Uh, you all know that this is Durovor Creel. He is a fairly well-known uh, Starfinder member, as he's kind of the one that you sometimes see him in the advertisements for joining the Starfinder Society. You may have seen posters with him stabbing out at you, you know, requesting you all join. He is also known for his uh, clan-holding deals with a, a mining faction in the Diaspora. And with all those roles, I'm going to say you also know that the Diaspora is the asteroid belt of this solar system. He's kind of a big deal. What, what's his race? What's dwarf. His dwarf. Race. Dwarf. Oh, dwarf. Yeah, he's just really tall for a dwarf. Okay. And um, he's a, a legit character made in the setting. I'm just using him because he pops up. The crowds disperse, and all that remains is two humans, a Vesk and a Drow. Creel says, Ah, so these are the next batch of heroes, eh? Bit intimidating lot. Much much more imposing than the collection of scholars I greeted last week. And with your own weapons, too. Now, it is my duty to have a brief chat make sure you're not all a bunch of murderers wanted across the system. And uh, one hey, by one... <laughs> <laughs> and one by one he's going to have a little chat with you uh, you're all just standing around it's, a, it's an informal chat you there old man you think you're capable of traversing the, the space and the stars in the name of the Starfinder Society I'm not old I'm middle aged oh my, my apologies young sir the, the silver visage on your face made me think that you were more advanced in years what brings you to these parts? What made you join the Starfinder Society at your middling? You know, the same thing that brings most people. Money, women, fame, all the good stuff like that. Oh, you're going to be a lot of fun, I think. What do you have to offer the society in return for all this gallivanting with women and credits? Well, I got some skills that I've acquired throughout my years. Would you care to demonstrate a little sampling of your skills? Oh, yes. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, as a technomancer, okay, actually, I'm not going to cut this out. As a technomancer, you, your abilities, and this is a good thing to teach the listeners that may not know the system, Technomancers, they are the ones that truly blur the lines of magic and technology, as I said before. So your skills, your spell set is kind of a utilization of that. So you want me to do a skill? Like you want me Just to cast me a spell. Just cast you a spell. Um, I know Jolting Surge. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What am I going to use that on, though? I'm not going to use it on him, right? No, no, no. Uh, Jolting Surge, uh, you hold up your hand, and I'm going to let you all, like, well, the two spellcasters, I'm going to let you flavor your own spells how you want when you get more comfortable with them, but for now I'm going to say you're going to uh, kind of rub your hands together and uh, electricity kind of crackles beneath it, and he can see that this would do some damage. You, uh, he, knows, he knows what Jolting Surge can do, and when you get to use it, the listeners are going to be really surprised to see its effects. But he's like, oh, you're one of those, okay. Good, good. We don't have a lot of spellcasters. It seems a lot of running gunners show up on these Starfinder Society rosters these days. It's nice to see that someone's a little using their brains more than their brawn. 
Excuse me? Ah, yes, you picked up my clue. Best boy. <laughs> boy? <laughs> Man? <laughs> tell me your name. Oh, judging by that outfit, your rank. And tell me, why are you joining the Starfinder Society? Name's Orin. Orin. And he's, he's, uh, he's kind of like tapping into a data pad of all the little information he's going to send it off to his superiors. Is that one R or three N's? Could you spell that for me? Yeah, it's O-R-I-N. Just like it sounds. And what brings you to the Pact World? You're not... You're not uh, here on behalf of the Vescarium, are you? No, I'm here for what everybody's here for. Or the gun runners, as you so eloquently put it. I have Make to have money a, while I take care of the business. Uh, it looks like business is good. Tell me, uh, apart from your petite physique, what do you have to offer the Starfinder Society? Petite? It means thin and lithe. Gaia, this is going to be interesting. Gaia! Gaia, I, I, I think I got your, your friend uh, here figure to a T. I don't need any more notes from him. What are you bringing to the Starfinder Society? My charm. Oh, you sure? I thought the other one was the charming one. Tell me, what can you do in that what can you do in that slinky little armor of yours? What, what abilities do you have that the Starfinder Society could use you on fact-finding missions? Watch it there, bud. Oh, no offense, sir. I didn't know that you were betrothed. You married him for his body, didn't you? She's my sister, smartass. However you folks do it in the outer rim of the packed world is none of my concern. Gaia, is it? I haven't seen a drow join the Starfinders in many, many years. I'm very excited for you to show me what secret little abilities you have tucked under those sleeves. Well, how beneficial would it be if I show you my secrets? You're, and he's looking around. Secrets? What secrets do you got? You're the one that asked for my secrets. I'm just saying, if they're secrets, then they shouldn't be told. I was having a flowery way of asking for you to cast me a spell or dazzle me with your displays of prowess. Do you do you wield a sword? Are you are you a, a battle maiden of the Drow Empire? Uh, I'm. At this moment, I'm going to communicate with Orin in our language, because oh, I, language I speak. Is what is it? Versed. Versight. Versight. So I'm going to communicate with him on what do you think I should do? Show him your pea shooter. Don't show off. Not yet. These humans, they're not worth He assumes right that we're married. He's an idiot. <laughs> He's the goofy son of a bitch that we saw on the flyer. Just... Okay. Just show him, show him your least effective weapon and tell him that you're good to go. I don't know which one that would be. Where did it say my language is? And I have a feeling At the bottom of the second page, it says languages. Oh, uh, we didn't really go over that. Uh, just choose common and choose two more with your intelligence. 
Oh, sure. Now you're going to choose my language. I want to know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I rolled a D100 to see if Durv or Krill understood, and he's just kind of just waiting. He doesn't understand what you're saying. You can cut this, but um, what is the language for elves? Like the should just basic be elvish. language. Elvish? Yep. You want to be able to speak what they speak? It's I don't want a metagame. Uh, I'm just trying to think for my yeah. my uh, guy. What I would sp- I would speak a lot of languages based on my uh-huh. previous, but I guess if I can only pick one more, Elf- yeah. Elvish would make sense mm-hmm. for me. What would be another one you think? You were all over the place, so I mean, choose a race that you'd like to speak. Um, Does he have to pick common or is that just common's given? Common's given. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Androids don't have a, uh, mm-hmm. a language. They Second just one. talk like humans. Uh, no, third one. Trying to think of all the races. Uh, dwarf. Uh, there's. What's a really weird one? Abyssal. I was also wondering. No, I mean a weird race. Oh, a weird race. Like a frog person or something. Ripley. Sure. There's a, there's a legit frog race called the Ripley. Well, how's that spelled? G R I P P L I. Um. I'm so probably never gonna one. use that, but. Okay. Yep. You good? <laughs> I'm going to go back into it with... Yeah, common no, I just have a real quick question for the DM. Sure. Or SM? Whatever. Okay. SM? Um, would there be any animals on the deck, like Not a cat right. or right. something? Nope. And we're still speaking in mm-hmm. Besk. Versite. Versite. Sorry. My thrusting. No, I don't want to give that away. Fine. I got it. Fine. Okay. And Dorver Krill's just kind of, you know, uh, leaning back and forth, just kind of waiting uh, expectantly. He knows Drow are traditionally uh, legendary warriors and uh, devastating spellcasters, so he's legitimately excited to see what you got for him. So, in the process of us still communicating, um, what describe what kind of stuff is on the deck for me. Uh, you are standing uh, near his desk, leading away from the rest of the port in general. So on his desk or standard desking, he has a personal computer. He's got a, a mug of some uh, hot beverage. He's got a lunch pail next to him. He's got bits and bobs. He's got a pistol laying on there, just laying there. Um, that's about it. It's just kind of a clean workspace. Now, one thing we didn't cover with the teleproject is what is the weight limit on the spell? Anything that I just said, basically. Uh, five oh, pounds. So I can push his desk? Sure, go for it. So while we're talking, I will sure. move my you... hand in the process of speaking, and okay. his desk will kind of move a few feet across the room. Okay, cool. Um, he jumps back. His, uh, his coffee has spilled all over his lunch, and he's just looking crestfallen. <laughs> You asked for it. My wife made me that lunch. Ah, she's a shitty cook anyway. Very good. I see you can manipulate things. That's going to be very interesting to see how you can do with some of the undead problem we've been having on some of the worlds. Very good, very good. Now you, quiet boy there. Don't hide. <clears throat> Old Dorver Krill doesn't bite. So Roshan's just going to kind of step forward. Oh, and he immediately sees your moat, and it's floating around you. 
one of those solarians. Well, uh, as for skills, unlike most people these days, I, I know a thing or two about diplomacy. And when that fails, and I'm going to have them actually go into me and create my solar armor, I'm going to pull out my little spear and just kind of give it a little twirl. Okay, uh, describe your solar armor. Uh, same same color. It's just, uh, it's got the kind of blue electric look, and it just covers my entire body. And so now this... Sort of like a, an outer shield of armor? Okay. Sort of, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like a force field? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, exactly. Mechanically, it just gives him a little boost to his AC because... Uh, and you'll run into other Solarians and other things they can do. And uh, your spear. Tell me about your spear. Um, I think you described it before. It's just like something that's small. You kind of like, I don't know, activate it and it extends like a full spear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um it, it, look, it looks. What you call them? Yeah, tactical spears. It tactical looks really spears. weird having uh, all these huge weapons laying around. So, I kind of personally did a thing where if you have a spear, uh, or some swords will actually do it too. But uh, the spear, it's a truncates down to about the size of a ruler. You give it a flick, you can do a command word, and it extends to its full length. So you're not walking around with. A bunch of spears because kind of like a baton. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's mm-hmm. about baton length, and you know, you just give it a flick, and it's five foot long, ready to. Yeah, I'm gonna say he just kind of gives it a little twirl, and then shrinks it back down and sticks it back into its holster. You were smart to not continue that much further. I was gonna make you do a check to see how well you did that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Krill smiling as he's typing this. We haven't had a solarity in many years. Oh, I'm so it's excited. Back to its mode. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and as a quick action, you can do that. So, four of you, two of you clearly know each other. The, the level of which will be indicated in the records for the next club you have to meet. Uh, I don't have a whole lot more for you. You mean, Guy and I are being teamed up with humans? We're kind of an equal opportunity adventuring group. You may not have seen that in the fine print of the poster. I'm not too happy about teaming with an elf myself. Watch it. Oh, I'll watch nothing. I expect great things from you, Glot. Terrible, maybe, but great. Do you have any questions for old Dorver Creel now? Do you have any questions you'd like to pose to him now? You good? What's going on with my ship? Oh, don't worry about that. As a Starfinder probationary officer, we're going to give you a tip-top, fill up your fuel, make sure you don't have any bombs that you're planning on detonating, and we're just going to make sure you're all ship-shape, ready to go. If Not ship-shape. Sorry. <laughs> uh, for when you're ready to hit the stars. Did you, anything else you need to retrieve from there? Now will be the time. I have a feeling you're going to be uh, pretty busy in the coming hours. So when are we supposed to start our first mission? That's not up to me. I just send you to Lore Spire Complex and they get you going from there. It's going to be a little interesting following somebody else's orders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, as it seems this is the first time for many of you on this station, I would recommend you all stick together. There is a public tram that arrives shortly that can take you straight to the Lore Spire Complex. Give me a culture check, all of you. I was going to ask a quick question. Oh, sure. Um, where can we go eat? Okay. We'd like some yep. cooked food. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Okay. That. And that one. Okay. Orin. Well, 
if it's got this, I, I don't have it, so I can't make the check, right? Yeah, you can make, yes. the, you can make we, the check, but you just don't get anything added on to it, right? Uh, with the, the ones with the crosses, unless you put something in it, you can't use it. Oh, so I can't do a culture? Do you not have culture? Then? I do not have culture. No, you cannot oh, do culture. Oh, then my, my nat yeah. one is nothing. Okay, cool. I'll just roll that over for your next thing. How about that? Is that fair? No. Okay. Nine. Nine? Okay. Gaia? Eighteen. Okay. Uh, Roshan? I don't have it. Okay. Uh, I don't know how, Gaia, uh, but you know the Lore Spire Complex is the hub, the home of the Starfinder Society, and that is where you will all need to go eventually to get your missions, get uh, instated officially into the Starfinder Society. And as per your question about food, from where you're standing, you're, you're near the station proper. You're just kind of like, you know, TSA, but no groping. Jim? I have a question. I? I uh, got injured um, before I came here, and I could really use a, a doctor. How long were you traveling for? Six days. And you didn't think to maybe sleep and heal your wounds then? I need a doctor. <laughs> and is there patient-doctor confidentiality here? Uh, yes, all packed world systems. Doctors are strictly bound to not reveal their secrets to any. Good. You don't have anything contagious, do you? And he'll take a few steps back. No, nothing contagious. Said no, Except this winning smile. And he does a grin. Ooh. But he looks creepy. He doesn't look okay, like... Okay, do you want to do a diplomacy or an intimidate check for that? Um, are you being pleasant about it? or I'm, you... I'm trying to be pleasant, but he comes off creepy. Dipl diplomacy, then. Give me a diplomacy I don't check. have... You don't oh. need to for that one. 15. Okay. Um, you got to weigh about you. I think you may have been on that ship too long. You're a little stir-crazy. Um, if you were on the magnificent boy superiority fighter... You too would be kind of like this. I lean over to Gaia. What the hell did we get ourselves into? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking the same thing. Uh, tell you what, boy, and he'll go into his desk and he'll look Humans. for a, a med patch. Um, do you need actual medical attention or would this be able to do you? I need somebody that is proficient in the healing of arts. Not some med kit. I could do that myself. That's why I asked why you did it. I'll tell you what. Can you hold out for a couple hours? Could you could you maintain your guts inside the rest of your body for a few I'm hours? I'm going to die. I can hold out. I just don't want to go on another mission oh, injured. Of course not. No, no. We will get you looked at at the... And he's going to tap in a couple of things that you need require medical attention when you arrive at Laura Spider Complex. They thank can give you. you a full look over. You made it very difficult, but thank you. He's flustered at this point. I just wanted to get you guys onto your ship. Okay. Well, I would think that they would give us like a full physical and whatnot before yep. sending us on mission. Yep, there will be. There will be. Uh, there will be talks. Now, anything else? You there, boy? Do you have any difficult questions for Old Dorvar Creel? Um, point me to the nearest bar. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> Surreptitiously taps a couple beeps into his data pad at that. Just past here, before you hit the tram, if you want to get a bite to eat, of course we have vending machines. There's a usually some sort of food offered. I'm trying not to say food truck because I want to just say food truck. But yes, there there's food, of course. You just came from a 
possibly long journey. Of course, we have some food right this way for you. If you'd like to replace the lunch that you spoiled, it only cost you three credits. He looks at Gaia for spoiling his lunch. Up to you. It's your Fine. Up to you. <laughs> okay. You did ask for it, though. <laughs> of course, of course. I had it come in. So you're going but to yes, it? I will give you some credits. Okay. How many? You said three. Yeah, three is fine. Okay. So now you're ready to crazy. Okay. Uh, he'll take that. He'll pocket the credits. Uh, now, off you pop. Get your food. Get your alcohol. Stimulants aren't a problem for you, are they, son? You don't have an addiction? No, not at all. Well, the doctors will sort that out when we sort out young sir over there. Okay. And he beckons you to please leave, and you go to the docks. And outside, there are market stalls selling every manner of trinket, both useful and useless. Within moments, you catch the smell of cooked food coming from some stalls that are selling food. Um, would you like to... I'm going to go around. Just, I'm not going to role play the whole thing. Just, you know. Ayu, are you going to grab a bite to eat or anything to buy? Yeah, he's going to get food. Okay. And I role play the eating. Do you want to role play the chewing? Or are you being surprised? <laughs> no, not okay. the chewing, but just in general what he does. Because um, I can go into that. Sure, let me go all the way it's around and see what everyone... Okay, okay if people play the chore, sure. Okay. Uh, Oren, are you going to buy some food from the food? Yes, and then I want to follow Roshan to the bar. Okay, Gaia, uh, you asked about food. Uh, you are grabbing some as well? Yes. Okay, and Roshan, straight to the bar or any food? Um, I figure that I've, I've probably eaten something in the ship. I assume there's some form of six you days. Would, you would, you would assume. Yeah, yeah six days, but no. Uh, I no, suggest the four <laughs> of us eat together so we can get to know each other, especially if we're going to be teamed up. Okay. Uh, is that Jane or Gaia saying that? Gaia. Okay. Gaia just asked if you guys wanted to eat together. What well, do you think? I could. I'm not starving, but... I, I guess since we're stuck with each other, I guess we have no choice but to have a nice bonding moment over some food. At least this way we can get to know each other. It depends on what you eat. Uh, go, we're going to go around the table Orin, again. Be kind. Are you? What kind of food did you grab? Basically any food I is, was available. just grabbed the first thing I saw, like a burger and some okay. fries. Sure. Is that a thing in the That's States? fine. Yeah, it's a meat <laughs> patty between bread. It's not... Okay. Yeah, or <laughs> doesn't have the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating some space bison. <laughs> space bison. <perfect. laughs> I need a... Remember that one I'm editing, so I can get you a space bison monster to fight. Orin, <laughs> what did you pick up to eat and drink? Just whatever thick cut of meat that they had. And okay. How well was it cooked? Do you want me to roll for it? Medium rare. Damn it. I wanted to roll a D4. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gaia, what did you grab to eat and A burger and fries sounds good to me. Okay. Roast um, bison. I assume that uh, just since I've lived my whole life on Akaton, Akatonian food would... Mm -hmm be something that I would probably recognize and just go with what Honestly, I recognize. burger and fries is pretty standard. Cool. Um, you mentioned that, that restaurant. Yes. That restaurant isn't here. Uh, that's It's a little further in. It's a little finer cuisine than that. Uh, okay. So then I just, yeah, I guess I'll just go with 
Okay. Same thing. Then. Okay. Uh, you're all able to get that. Um, Hand away the credits. I'm not going to nickel and dime every meal purchase because it's. We should have a meal voucher. Anyways. Yeah, sure. You know what? We're Starfinder. Yeah. Dude. Not yet. That's coming up. Uh, we're about to be. Yeah. Okay. So you all settle down around a table. It's uh, reasonably quiet. It's uh, morning, so it's not a busy lunch rush around the docks. Uh, you guys were some of the only ships that were uh, landing that at that time, so those dock workers like snapped to your ships immediately. That's why they were so snappy. It just wasn't that busy. So yeah, you all sit down and you dig into your food. Why don't you go around and uh, before I actually sit down to eat, I'm stopping at the bar momentarily to get a shot of whiskey. And sure. Down yep. Before oh. I'm sitting down. Okay, Orin. I followed. <laughs> okay, so I'll be back, Gaia. Of course. And that's I'm just literally just getting that and then going to sit down and eat. Okay. Like that, that's nothing like a burger to wash down your whiskey. Cool. Yes. Cool. Nice. Uh, okay, so you're all sitting around a table. You are enjoying your food. Does anyone have anything they want to? Ayu. Yeah. Um, you're gonna notice with Ayu that he's not really talking. He's he's chewing and eating the food, but like he doesn't show any like enjoyment of the food or like anything at all. And he kind of looks like he's really awkward when he's eating. As in Does like he like cross his eyes while he's eating? No, like what? awkward as in like he <laughs> he just doesn't look like he he eats normally. Like it just looks abnormal a little bit. Would that be a perception? Uh, See if I notice why. Uh, notice why? That's more of an insight thing. Or That's more of a. Okay. You can ask him. You can ask IU why are you so weird? But uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm gonna I don't know. be that upfront about it. Uh, if any of you well, want to say, I anything. would say, um, are you enjoying your burger? Uh, I think this is pretty good, especially since I know we've been on the ship for six days. Yes, space bison is quite a delicacy. I, I enjoy it. Oh, I couldn't tell. As long as you're enjoying it, by means do oh, your I'm thing. I'm sorry. Let me appeal more to you. Oh my god, this burger is so good. Oh my god, it's the best burger I've ever had in my life. Better? I'm happy now, yes, thank Across you. Across the okay. hall you see a, a crowd <laughs> of Isoki walking by and they hear your uh, cries and they make a beeline for the burger stand. Oren, you had your shot of whiskey. Did you grab any other alcohol before going to the table to join your party? Probably a beer. Or just a pint. Just a pint? Yeah. Okay. We can flavor some weird beers later. That's going to be a thing you're going to be interested in doing. I didn't want to just flood you all with yeah, like no. just a nice dark beer. Okay, we'll dark beer. That. Cool. Um, after he finishes, he immediately goes to the bathroom. Okay. Where the hell did he go? Okay. Hey, it's his thing. Okay. Uh, I don't want him to over exaggerate that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Okay, uh, Oren, do you have anything else to add while you're eating? How is your steak? Are you, you're enjoying it? Did the packed worms cook improperly? Nope, perfectly. Steak was cooked perfectly. The okay. beer's good. Whiskey was good. Okay. Just kind of eyeballing Roshan and IU just to kind of mm -hmm. size them up, sure. so to speak. Mm -hmm. And Roshan's just kind of sitting there quietly, you know, just not like stuffing his face, just kind of like neatly six days of trail food. rations this has got to be pretty good for you so, it is yeah. but he's still he's still just like neatly eating the food kind of reflecting like mm -hmm. kind of lost in thought how uh, you comes back to the, the bathroom and sits down normally 
Warren, stop trying to take my fries. What? I didn't get any. That's your own fault. <laughs> Ugh, fine. I'm hungry too, dude. First with the bread, and now the damn fries. Good callback. I appreciate that. <laughs> Is that from the yep. their episode? <laughs> okay, uh, you guys are ready? We can continue? Yep, yeah. I got everything I wanted cool. said. Perfect. I think. All right. Uh, you finish your meals, you dispose of your... Do you dispose of your stuff properly, or do you leave it at the table like savages? Savage. Okay. I throw my stuff away, and I see the stuff that's left and take that, too. Okay. You're not getting any extra experience points. No, but I, just, I, I, I do it at restaurants oh. when I go out. Any, well, when we go to, like, Wendy's or something. Okay. <laughs> cool. Restaurants. Yep. Uh, Roshan Oren? Uh, I just follow okay. Gaia. Yep. She's got your train? Gotcha. Yeah. Roshan. I well, I, I studied the guide before we got here and looked up information. So, <laughs> so uh, everything's taken care of. You're all refreshed. Um, Ayu, do you need to use the restroom? I already did. Okay, you're good. Uh, as you, Why did you ask that again? You know, because you may be going on a long ride. I just want to make sure you don't have a small bladder. No, I'm, <laughs> just, I know, I'm, playing, I'm playing. I got the eating and the bathroom okay. out of the way. All right, you are I'll good go to, to go. I'll go to the bathroom and wash my hands. Good. Oren, no? I just lick my fingers. I'm good. Okay. Roshan. <laughs> uh, I figure I just, you know. Okay. I wasn't like, again, wasn't like. Okay. You are a symbol. Well, now I'm traveling with more savages. Nobody washes their hands anymore. <laughs> I washed my hands when I was in the bathroom. Well, I wasn't with you. <laughs> no loss. <laughs> okay. After that, you are. <laughs> okay. That's my sister. <laughs> Yes. They don't, don't know that. Worry. I don't like elves anyway, so there's nothing going to happen. Okay, you're all assembled again the, at the station, and within moments, a hover bus comes to a stop. It's a 20-foot-long gray-green metal body with the Starfire Society emblem on the side. Windowless and doorless, there's not even a pilot seated. Um, give me a perception check as it pulls up. You said windowless and doorless? Mm -hmm. uh, there's no door. There's a doorway, but there's no closed doors. Oh, okay. Open windows. Sorry, I should have. <laughs> no closed windows. It's just an open bus. What 24. are we doing? Perception. Okay. Eight. Okay. Gaia. Nine. Ten. Okay. Uh, Ayu, you realize that autopilot is a thing on a space station, so there's no cost for public transit. So you guys don't have to pay to take the bus. Oh look, it's it drives itself, so we don't have to pay anything. Um, would would uh, just because I remember Akaton had a lot of public transportation. Mm -hmm. did, did they have the same <coughs> type of thing, or did they charge for their public transportation? Akaton uh, did charge because that was a it was, it was a uh, as an aside. Akaton, where Roshan is from, was a very poor country, so anything that they could do to tax, they did, so they had some revenue. Yeah. Can I call timeout? Sure. Uh, I was just going to throw this away and get yeah, my yeah. drink out of the yeah, fridge. And since Johnny's taking this time for a quick break, I'm going to take this opportunity to give a couple promos to a couple new friends we've made. Check them out and let them know that you heard about them on the Hex Grid Heroes podcast. Hello? Is anybody here? Uh, hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. Oh, I, I see you liked my bell over there. Yeah, it's a nice bell. Um, do you have any games or something that we could play just to pass the time? 
I think I've got exactly what you're looking for. Missing Role Player Found brings you another odd adventure in Odd Doggies, where characters from our SAO campaign and a special guest from Lit Gaming Arena play a Dungeons and Doggies module in 5th edition. Join us every Sunday for the next part in this awesome adventure, up until we go back to Sword Art Online Odd this September. Maximum Pew Pew is an actual play RPG podcast currently playing the Starfinder Dead Sons Adventure Path. Join Cena. She's got a lot of training, but she needs a role model. Ion. Have you heard of this thing called guns before? Maya. We're going into a video game, guys. This has been my dream. And Zinka. Did, did I just destroy a life form? As they race to rid the galaxy of a system-destroying weapon of cataclysmic proportions. In addition, Maximum Pew Pew has bonus content spanning Dungeons and Dragons, Predation, Tales from the Loop, and Free League's upcoming Alien RPG. You can find Maximum Pew Pew on Facebook, Twitter, and your favorite podcast syndicator. I would just like to thank those two shows one more time for exchanging promos with us. And if you'd like to exchange promos, I'm going to try and work more of those in in the future. When I recorded this session, I didn't really plan to have commercial breaks, but I really like this convention, and I've made so many friends over this last year of TTRPG Podcast that it's it just makes sense to share the love. And in keeping with that spirit, here's the Season 3 promo for Pokemon Seicho, GM'd by our own favorite human technomancer, Johnny. After leaving the nightmare of Mount Moon behind them, our young trainers, Cory, Dolly, and Orange, make their way to Cerulean City, but unfortunately getting the Cascade Badge is the least of their worries. As they get thrusted into another dangerous ordeal, this time involving Team Rocket and the legendary bird Pokemon, Zapdos. Zapdos has landed at the Cerulean City Power Plant to recharge its energy, and Team Rocket has invaded to capture Zapdos. Will Cory, Dolly, and Orange be able to stop them? Explore Cerulean City like never before. Meet new original characters. Sylvan. What's wrong with this Pokemon? <laughs> Nothing. They're just been enhanced by my experiments. I call them Shadow Pokemon. The Team Rocket executive, Leo. Maximus entrusted me to bring Zapdos back to him, and that's exactly what I'll do. Who will be the first one to capture the legendary Zapdos? I'll be the one to capture Zapdos. I'll be the one to capture Zapdos. We'll, we'll be, be the, the one, one to, to capture, capture Zapdos. Zapdos. I'll be the one to capture Zapdos, in the name of Team Rocket. Get ready for an electrifying Season 3. Pokemon Seichao, the Zapdos arc. Coming soon. And you are on your way. Two dozing maintenance workers are slumped in the back, covered in ship fluids to the... Covered in what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me slow that down, because as I said, <laughs> ship fluid. Yeah. Covered in ship 
fluids as the transport buzzes along the arms. After a few moments, all the ports begin to blur as you begin to get a better idea of just how massive the station is. I want you all three... Oh, I'm not used to having four people. <laughs> I want you to all give me a culture check. Oh, I, I was going to okay. say, he doesn't see me here as a woman. <laughs> I, I'm blending into the background with my armor. Uh, what are we doing? Culture? Culture. Who can do culture? Is it just guy? I'm 14. Just okay, 14. Okay. Uh, I can give you some more information on the space station. Which I will relay to him in our language. Sure. Yep. Um, okay. Building trust. Yes. <laughs> 2.1 million beings in general with thousands coming in the sh on the station each day. It's a very massive space station. Uh, for size comparisons, about 20 square miles. Uh, fees from the docking alone from all the ships, uh, you guys being Starfinder prospective agents, you weren't charged any docking fees at all because the Starfinders are kind of in desperate need, as you all were uh, made aware in your prologue episodes, that the Starfinders need people, so they're kind of waiving docking fees. And with your role, I'll say there there may be uh, a chance that some people are like, yeah, I'll join the Starfinders if it gets me free docking for today. So the fees for docking alone keep much of the day-to-day -day operation of the station going. Uh, the space station itself, it's fairly autonomous. Repair crews are there, you know, beings have to take care of the ships that come in, but the station itself is largely self-sufficient and it's powered by a magical thing that we'll get into later called the Star Stone. So, no, you can't steal that. No, you cannot. Uh, after a few minutes, the transport turns inward. Following a chime, a display inside the transport says, Now entering Best Quarter. I'm going to roll over that culture check, Gaia. Um, Best Quarter is a, it's a deliberately established area of the station from the first days after the war with the Vescarium. A uh, little bit of lore into the setting. About 30, 40 years ago, um, a 250-year-long war with Orange Race, the Vesk, was uh, going at it pretty hardcore. It finally ended when they had to band together to fight in the Swarm War, which we'll be addressing later. But uh, after that, they were given this section of the station to uh, kind of show some representation on the station. So in this area, it's uh, a lot of Vesk-style architecture. Uh, Jaggeds, not jagged spires, uh, sharp spires, uh, banners denoting different uh, family clans. Orin, what was your uh, family's name? Uh, death Dealers. Yes. Um, you won't really see any Death Dealer banners right now, but the, the standard, the largest families are all represented. Huge banners along these things. You're in a space station, so imagine if it's space station. Each of you, give me a space station. You know a space station? Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, any of you? I don't watch Star Trek. They're not cool. I watch Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. Death Star. Um, <laughs> he's holding up oh. his style. Okay. Sorry, okay. I didn't see you there. <laughs> uh, stealth roll was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so, think Death Star if it was like just the middle bit. Just large can uh, canyons, buildings all over. It's kind of all close-knit because it's you can't really grow any further. You have to use there. But in this, they embellish. They've, they've welded on uh, different colored metals to make it look like more of the Vesk style, which is the little 
brutish. And that's not me being mean, that's uh, militaristic, kind of tribalist as well. And as, as we're flying through there, I'm just kind of looking up, but kind of looking down. You're ducking? Okay. Kind of. Okay. Just kind of. Give me a sleight of hand check, then. And uh, the Roshan and Ayu give me uh, perceptions. What did I roll? Slide that one. Okay. Sleight of hand, you got a 17. Okay. It's a 9. Oh. Yeah, I got a 17. Okay. Uh, no, you're able to duck down, and no one really knows. Uh, I'm going to kind of just hand wave Gaia knowing, because Gaia knows exactly what's going on. Uh, Ayu and Roshan, you're just, it's, it's, uh, I don't know your personal sensibilities, but what do you think of this kind of garish? It's not sleek at all. Um, Ayu, your time with the elves, very sleek, very glowing, beautiful. Uh, Roshan, uh, very Spartan, uh, bleak kind of sense of beauty. What do you guys think of this? Um, I mean, uh, or you don't have to have an opinion. I just want to throw it. Yeah, out. no, I don't, I don't know if Roshan's even really paying attention at the moment. No. Even the past six days, he's just been reflecting on like the fact that he's actually finally left and what happened before he left. Okay. So he's just kind of lost in thought. That explains your five on the perception to see uh, or Mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, Ayu, what do you think? Ayu is kind of relieved to be away from the elven architecture that he's usually around. Mm. It's too fancy for him, Mm -hmm. so this is more up his alley. Cool. Good. Uh, Veering again amid dozens of pedestrians and some heavier traffic now, vegetation is seen for the first time. This sort of low grass one sees everywhere on space stations is just kind of to break up the monotony of all the, the, the metal floors, the metal hallways, patches of green parked around. Not a lot of green on Akaton, right? Not at all. No, so it's basically Mars. At this site, uh, Roshan does perk up a little bit, mm-hmm. seeing something green. Okay. It's something. been so long since I've seen green. Yeah, it looks a lot better than the crap holes we've been held up in. Trees sporadically across this little field with paths crisscrossing here and there. And uh, you guys have arrived. Guy, I'm going to roll over your good culture check from before about Lore Spire Complex. You see. I'm going to show you. Well, the rest of us can't see. No, I'm gonna, you, you all see this. <laughs> this is the Lore Spire Complex. It's like a robot boot. A robot what? A robot boot. Oh, yeah. Kind of move them, like no boot. Boot. A robot like boot. Optimus sure. Prime's yeah. Leg. Imagine a, yeah. a, a cool. And uh, these pictures will be posted on the uh, Hexcrit Hero social media. But uh, because I robot boot is the best way of describing it. I was trying. I had a whole notepad of like, how do I describe that? It oh, is. Sorry. It is no. It is a a, a metal structure with. Um, Glowing light blue highlights throughout that you can see are uh, office building spaces. How but big? No, how big? Um, quite large. Uh, several dozen stories. Okay. So you have arrived at the Lore Spire Complex. This cluster of buildings with a central spire is home to the Starfire Society. While most people immediately think of the campus's famous archives, which is a smaller building to the left, a massive collection of texts and artifacts gathered from across the galaxy and studied in the communal labs. Um, my Star Wars fans here, Jedi Archives. Basically, this is the Jedi Temple, but this is more just general adventuring rather than strictly one power stat sort of thing. The Starfinder headquarters is also home to the offices of the organization's venture captains, which are the uh, 
the Jedi Masters that would send their teams out onto missions. They just call them Venture Captains, so I'm going to use it in the setting. Um, the Hall of Discovery to the right, where uh, elected forum members and the first seeker, uh, the first seeker is the, uh, the chancellor of the Starfinder, and they're uh, elected every three years. Right now, there is a human woman named Luazi El Cibo, uh, human envoy, who is currently in charge of the Starfinder Society. Her, that's her offices and where archives of the previous First Seekers missions are. It's kind of like a monument to their rulers. What term is she in in those three years? Uh, this is her second year. Second year. Yeah. Good question. Very good question. Okay. Uh, inside the Hall of Discovery houses a vast, heavily secured machinery known as Guidance. It's the collective consciousness of previous Starfinder insiders. Seekers, when they leave office, they, uh, they bestow all the knowledge they've gained into these archives, and it's all stored into one consciousness. And it's kind of like the presidential library, but it's a lot more high-tech and focused, so you can actually confer with them and kind of get advice from. As the doors slide open, a green holographic image of a middle-aged human woman shimmers into view in the center of the room. And this is what you see. It doesn't let me zoom in very much. This large block of black metal with uh, light blue uh, font appearing here and there, and uh, in the middle a uh, Starfinder symbol and a holographic emitter glows and out pops this uh, middle-aged human. So like Princess Leia? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, holographs are a little better. It's blue at first, and then it solidifies into a very clear okay. appearance. So it's, it's as if she is there. There's no real degradation. It's it's like a solid. It, it doesn't look like a holograph. It's okay. just what you see it come out. So, so after saying this, uh, Lauren just kind of pipes up to where everybody can hear. Mm-hmm. Would be taking orders from a hologram. How is this? Uh, the hologram smiles warmly. Greetings. I am Guidance. Welcome to the Starfinder Society. If you would, please use the cheek swabs in the receptacle to provide a genetic sample for Starfinder Society identification purposes. If desired, you may place your hand on the glowing panel to receive a subdermal implant, further marking you as a member of the Society. When you have finished, please acquire and key to your personal identification these Starfinder data pads. And uh, the panel glows and a drawer opens up with uh, several data pads laying in there. How do you react? I'm going to go around clockwise. Are you? So he, he's definitely not wanting to put any other thing into his body. Okay. So he's, he's not doing that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is, uh, it was optional. Yeah, that's why I'm justifying. Cool. He just ripped something out of him yeah. previously, so he's not going to put any more implants into himself. Okay. Um, but he's going to just do the, the swab okay. and then be done with it. Okay. Uh, any reaction to the hologram at all? Just. He's seen. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming sure. he's seen something like this before, yes, so yeah. he's not as thrown yeah, off this, of yeah, it this by is, like he's Orin a techno did. Yes. Yep. Technomancer. Yeah. Orin. 
very hesitant about giving the cheek swab, considering mm-hmm. why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, is the cheek swab optional? Um, I think it's one or the other. No, it, um, let me make sure I don't say it further on. Uh, you, you ask this of guidance? Yeah, do I gotta do this cheek swab? The cheek swab is not for any sort of nefarious means, but if for some reason your bodies are uncovered in a failed mission for the society, it would be nice if we could identify which agents we have lost. You're not doing no background or anything? Nope, simply a one-to-one match and it is discarded upon your death. (sighs) Grab the cheek swab. Swab the cheek, go back in there. Okay. Are you uh, accepting the subdermal implant? Which cheek are you swabbing? Ooh. Knowing Orin. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just swabs the inside of his mouth. Okay. <laughs> um, absolutely refuse the mm-hmm. implant mm-hmm. due to his military career. Okay. And he just sure. doesn't want to be tracked anymore. That's fine. Gaia, what do you think about all this? Well, I. I'm finding it all very fascinating. The, I mean, it's very overwhelming on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not getting anything implanted into me. Sure. Head wound was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll go ahead with the cheek swab. It sounds like that could be... Okay. Are you sure you remember the head wound? Okay. Uh, Roshan. Uh, Roshan, you know, he has no qualms with any of it. He walks up swabs the cheek and he's hesitant for a second about the implant but mm-hmm. then to himself he thinks um, this this is going to be my life now I might as well make the best of it and try to look good at least for higher ups mm-hmm. and so he's going to take the implant okay, okay. Um, virtually painlessly uh, uh, this implant embeds underneath the skin of the palm of one of your hands or the end of a tentacle or similar appendage, <laughs> the uh, augmentation can be activated or deactivated mentally as a swift action. Activating the implant causes a rendition of the Starfinder Society symbol to glow underneath the skin. The augmentation acts as a mark, letting others know you are a member of the Starfinder Society. It also increases the light level within five feet by one step while active. So if you're in pitch black, just ever so slightly. So it's just the tiniest bit of moat anyway. You already so. have your moat, so yeah. <laughs> I do have a quick question. Go for it. The symbol is pretty cool. What about if we just get it tattooed? Tattoo shops, the packed worlds, and indeed the space station over could provide this. These are simply just given as an alternative to carrying a physical thing. Physical wayfinders, as these are called, can be given uh, upon completion of the in- Indoctrination sounds bad. Um, it's not the word I wanted to use. Intake. Um, upon upon completion of the trials entering the Starfire Society, physical wayfinders can be provided to you. These are just a high tech way of showing your participation. There is no tracking in this. It is simply an activation of an image. Kind of look over at Gaia. What do you think? Well, if this human did it, why couldn't we? And I didn't, I said that in common. I mean, no offense to the human, but... What the hell? If he, if he had the guts to do it... 
It's not for tracking. Nope. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, so Roshan, Gaia, and Oren take the uh, implant. Uh, Ayu, do you change your mind? No. Okay. He's dead set. Yep, about no, no, it's good. It's one of the Okay. And you mentioned something else other than the. Was there, was there something else that was displayed here? other than just the... Oh, data pads. Uh, data the, pads. The tray open, and each of you now have, if you want to put in your inventory, um, one put one SF data pad. What was that again? SF data pad. Yeah, just star finder data pad. Under equipment? Uh, yes. SF data pad. And uh, a data pad is yeah. basically just a personal computer. It's just a... You all you all come equipped with your own comm units, and maybe you already have a personal data pad. This data pad is filled with um, uh, contacts to the Starfinder, just straight like um, like a business like a, cell. Thank you. I was going to say a work phone, but yes, that's exactly what it is. It has um, uh, and data pads have camera recording up to a certain number of hours. We can get into the, the mechanics of what they are when we start using them, uh, if needed. Uh, but they're just a uh, given away. It's like you go to any phone well, store, they want to give you I have a broken one already. Yes, you do. So, you know, perhaps sometime down the line, you could uh, cannibalize one to fix the other. So, um, after you have each done that, Guidance smiles again. Orin, did you have something? Yeah, I was going to just kind of look over at IU and nudge him a little bit. And, oh, man, we all did it. No, I'll pass. Um... Say um, trauma back in the day. I just cannot put it, uh, another thing inside of me. I ain't going there. <laughs> uh, guidance smiles, but not at your comment. <laughs> <laughs> it is my pleasure to officially welcome you into the Starfinder Society. Today is the commencement of your new role as a Starfinder field agent. Commencement is the word I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> Future Don edit that out. No, not. <laughs> it is Do our. Tr oh, sorry. Do we get? Like the vouchers and stuff, or that'll be. Oh, that comes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Stop chopping that. Nope, you're good. It is our tradition at the end of the graduation ceremony, ceremony for new graduates to present themselves to the heads of our most prominent factions and complete a task of those leaders' behests. This allows the leaders of these groups to become familiar with all new Starfinder agents, and it provides a constant supply of agents for handling situations in our holdings on Absalom Station. While these tasks were formerly symbolic. The heavy loss of Starfinder agents in the Scoured Stars incident necessitates that these missions become something more. Please treat any tasks given with the gravity you would grant any other Starfinder assignment. Oh. Oh, wait. It appears that currently all factions have reached their limit of acceptance save one, the Acquisitives. As it is the newest of the factions of the Society, the turnaround has been quite swift. And at this, a, a small bleep on everybody's... Uh, data pad activates, signaling the location and the best route to take to the Inquisitive Leader, Radizan, in the complex. And there we have episode one. At this, we all took a break to cool off, get another drink, and uh, hit it again before I had to go to work. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I was very excited to see the interactions between the different characters. I always have some worry when introducing people to each other. You never know how they're going to meld and mesh and repel each other. But these guys did great. Uh, they're still learning the rules because I'm still teaching them the rules. And uh, yeah, 
little teaser for you. Next episode, there will be combat. Stay tuned. <laughs>